20. I want to read two verses of Scripture for a text. and You pray for me. Sometimes we don't get a hold of the Spirit of God or the Spirit of God don't get a hold of us. We get in, our way, get in His way and we just wind up with a mouthful of Scripture. He said, even so then at this present time also there is a remnant according to the election of grace. And if by grace, then it is no more of works. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. But if it be of works, then it's no more grace. Otherwise, work is no more work. That is my reading lesson. And something I want to affirm to you today is salvation by grace and not of works. Something else I want to affirm to you is righteousness by imputation. Imputed righteousness. Not your own righteousness but the righteousness of Christ applied to your heart. You can't impute something, uh, you can't impute to somebody that already has righteousness. I had zero righteousness. When the Lord got done with me, I had His righteousness. His righteousness is everlasting. His righteousness is my sole ticket to go to heaven, not anything I've ever done. So I'm affirming that it's not a work. People tell me in some of the denominations, I'm not criticizing, they might be right, I might be wrong. All I know is is what the Word of God tells me. And they tell me they are saved by grace. I thought, okay, you're saved by grace. But then they throw in the works. They say, oh, you're saved by works also. And I thought, ain't no way the Bible will allow that. This Scripture will not allow that. He says it's either by works or it's by grace. But it's not both of them. They will not mix. Most of my boat motors that I've ever owned, most of them will take on water in my lower unit. I'm always going out there in about a few days to make sure on that boat that I don't have too much water in that lower unit to destroy it. But something I found out by cooling that water and oil was they don't mix. You take out that drain plug, the only thing you see coming out of there is water. And then when the oil finally reaches down to it, if there's any in it, it'll just simply don't mix whatsoever. Here comes the water, then here comes the oil. Let me tell you something. Here comes the grace. And if there is no grace, there is no salvation, there is no forgiveness, and there is no works for you to ever do. There is nothing that you can do to say, oh, if I do this, or I get onto the altar, or I'll do this, whatever, whatever order, if I'll join this church, I'm going to be saved. If you ever get saved, it'll be by the grace of God. Amen. No other way. It'll destroy works. And if you don't never get rid of the works in your life, thinking that's going to have something to do with your salvation, you'll never get saved. Because it will not. Work together. <coughs> I'm going to drink some hand lotion up here. Might be good for me. I don't know. God says in Hosea, the 14th chapter, He says, I will love them freely. In other words, He's not going to be indebted to us. It's either going to be a free gift or it'll be dead. 
salvation. But he's not in debt to you. He's going to give you a free gift. Amen. He's going to love you freely. I want to give you an example of free love. This is kind of comical. Ken Lee was down at the house the other day and Stephen and Haley. I'm sitting on the couch and Tenley is watching the uh, YouTube shows. I don't know what they're called. Just little old shows about Barbie or whatever. And anyway, she wanted the channel switched. And uh, my head has been stopped up for about a week or two. I mean, I can't hear nothing. It's just a big ring. Went to the back of the day to hear some drops, hear some stuff, and it old. I thought, it ain't happening. I still can't hear but anyway, Kenley couldn't get me to hear her. And uh, she looks over at Judy and says, we're going to put Claude in the nursing home. He can't hear nothing. <laughs> you know what? I don't love my grandkids because they married me. They sure, I don't believe they would. Jesse got them affected in my life one day, one day in the nursing home and he told me, he said, he says, Paula, you got stuff in your nose. I won't mention what was in there. I mean, just blurted it out, I thought. He wasn't very old. I can assure you they don't merit our love. We don't merit theirs. But it's freely. If you gave me all the money in the world, what would I take? What would I take for the grandkids? Wouldn't take anything for them. I expect him to eat bigger than us when he even had him long. He's just like, he's just like, I don't know, just like, man, this is so precious to have such a thing. That's why I believe this with all my heart. I believe God feels that way about his children. I really do. I believe he wants to pour out a blessing every day on his children. I believe that with all my heart. If we're not being blessed in our life and our Christian life is dull and boring, I don't think it's God's will for that to be like that. I shouted in my car. I've got scriptures I want to get to, but I'm telling stories. I better quit that. There's a scripture in 324 of Romans. And I, and I love this scripture. It says being justified freely without cost. Without merit. Without man-made salvation. Freely. By His grace. Anytime you see by His grace you can always add, even though it's not there, you can always say, not of works. Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Whom God set forth. Nobody else. Not a plan. A man. A man in Christ Jesus. At the propitiation. He set Him forth through this world. You look at him. 
Don't look at yourself. You're weak. You're a sinner. You're dead to the law. You can't please God. He's the propitiation. To declare our faith this time. His righteousness. Not mine. It's almost like it's a commodity that he gives to us. Not my righteousness. His righteousness. For the remission of sins. Anything you put outside of Christ's righteousness for the remission of sins... It's anti-Bible. And it's a lie. And it'll send million people, millions of people to hell if they're trusting in that. Their righteousness. Their works. They're trusting in that. They'll never get saved. I want to... Uh, I want to go over to the book of James right quick in the second chapter. And I'm going to go to 221. And I want to use their affirmative and I want to address this in the negative. And I'm not very smart, but I can pick up the Word of God and say, hey, this is what the Word of God says. Somebody told me one time that they said, you know what? He said, you just got took a part here in this debate. I said, do me a favor if you can do it. I said, you show me one affirmative that I've made that was not Bible-based, and then I will agree with you. And you know what? He didn't come back and, and say anything to me again. He never brought out. He knew I used the Word of God. We have nothing else to use. There's no commentary. There's no man thoughts. Somebody told me one time, he said, you Baptist. said, all you do is talk about your experience. You ain't got no Bible to back up nothing. You just talk about something you felt in your heart. You ain't got no Bible. I thought, number one, experience is a death to sin. It is a regeneration. It is a renewing. It is a rebirth. I think I felt that. I feel it when I'm angry. I feel it down in my heart when I love someone. I feel the Lord and His experiences of Him dwelling with me just as much as anybody in anything. Amen. I'm like, you better believe it's something I feel. You ain't got something you can feel and know about and know beyond a doubt you're saved by the Holy Spirit. You're not saved. Amen. And you can be made fun of or whatever you want to be. But it's Bible. His Spirit will always fire a witness to our spirit with a child of God. I want to go over to James. And I want to look at this scripture in 221. I can't hardly turn the Bible in my crippled hand that I heard give me pretty good service. I'm able to work with it and stuff, but man, it still should shake sometimes. Sometimes I need to get this thumb to work. And nice digits come back when I hurt my hand. And I felt so funny running around with that brace on but it would allow me to move my hands back and get my fingers back and stuff. But uh, anyway, when I turned the pages, I thought, man, I'm, my hand's too shaky. 
So anyway, in 221 of James, this is an affirmative they used. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? And somebody will say, hey, that clearly proves beyond any doubt he was saved by works. Abraham. Now, when I address this in the negative, I want to prove when Abraham truly got saved. Give you scripture and verse. I say, oh, you don't have those chapter and verse. In the 15th chapter and the 6th verse, Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. In the 17th chapter, he was given the covenant of circumcision. It was a covenant. It wasn't nothing to do with salvation. And it wasn't until the 22nd chapter that he offered up his son Isaac. Now, according to the Bible, when was Abraham saved? I don't know the years exactly. I'm going to say 25 or 30 years before, before Abraham was ever offered up his son Isaac. He was saved. And that's what the Bible says. And the Apostle Paul asked the, the Romans in the Romans letter, in the fourth chapter, he says, when was, when was Abraham saved? They were trying, they won't add circumcision to their salvation, to the, to the part of their salvation plan. And the Apostle Paul asked him, when was Abraham saved? In circumcision or uncircumcision? Before or after? Paul answers, before circumcision. Paul, when was he saved? Long before Isaac was ever offered. You'll say, well, was the Bible uh, conflicting itself? James is just simply saying, hey, I'm going to show you, and he says it, he says, I'm going to show you my faith by my works. I'm going to show you that it's real. And the faith and the works work together, and it'll show forth your faith. And you can't show it no other way. You say, well, I'll give a testimony. I thought, well, if you don't have works to back it up, It would be a dead faith. But that's what James is saying. But the Apostle Paul told him, he says, you know what? He says the Apostle Paul said that Abraham receives a sign of circumcision. A seal of the righteousness of the faith which he had yet been uncircumcised. When was Abraham saved? Of course he was saved before Isaac was ever offered. The Bible says that. The Apostle Paul says that. I'm not an inspired writer. He was. I'm going to take his word for it. I think it's good enough for me. I believe Paul. When was you saved? Before you joined the church? Of course. You know what the Apostle Paul is pointing out to them? Anything that you add to the plan of salvation that Abraham did not how? I don't care if it was circumcision. I don't care if the law came out, came out of oh, maybe 490 years later. Had nothing to do with the promise. The promise is still in effect. Grace is still in effect. The plan of salvation is still in effect. The gospel is still the same. And if somebody ever gets saved, it'll be because of God's grace through faith. No other way. Now, Abraham, he, the righteousness 
And I've often thought to myself, the righteousness. That word, three-letter word there, is a big adjective. Anytime you see that, you'll see the faith. That means the one and only. The righteousness. That's the one and only. There's no other. Before Abraham ever had anything is to cut sign or agree to or whatever. He had salvation. And Paul wants them to know that in anything that you add to your salvation experience. On this side of Abraham being saved in the 15th chapter of Genesis, the Bible will not allow it. The book of Galatians tells us that uh, God foreseeing He would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the Gospel, the one and only, the, the gospel. See, he would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. I was kind of like Michael when he preached. I thought three or four months ago, a long time ago, I don't know how long this appointment's been, it's been in making, a long time. And I thought for a long time, I thought, hey, I know what I'm going to preach. Two or three months, I've had it for two or three months. That's the way Michael was, he said, I've had it for two or three months. Well, I had mine until I heard Brother Jesus preach on the prodigal son two or three weeks ago. And while he was preaching on the prodigal son, God just came along and shifted sermon and said, we're going to preach on grace. I thought, what? And uh, so while... Wow, he, when he gave me that sermon, I had to preach on the radio on the third Sunday, and God, I'm just sitting there, and God just started giving me thoughts on both sermons. And I thought, I ain't never had that to happen before. For the radio, into the this. And I thought, boy, I can't even believe that. But the thought that I got out of the prodigal son was, look at the relationship between the returning son and the father. He came out, run to him, kissed him, put a robe on him, put a ring on him, prepared the fatted calf. That's salvation by grace. He didn't bring no works. No works. That's salvation by grace. What was his marriage? What's that? Look at the relationship between the father and the prodigal son. Rich, loving, precious. The father wouldn't have took nothing for that son. The self-righteous son comes to him. It's just cold. Just cold. He might have got some blessing God gave him a good kid. But there was no blessing to say. There was nothing precious there. Your relationship, my relationship with God is precious. Because one day he took an old ragged sinner, broken, contrived, crushed, blowing snot and tears, didn't blow no tears, blow a lot of snot. My wife says, don't say stuff like that. Hey, I just blown snot. I was hurting. I was a sinner. No reason for God to love you whatsoever. He came down to me. 
to plant that stony heart. Remove it forever. And give me a heart of flesh. Tenderness. That I can feel him. It is 12 o'clock. I want to share one more quick thing. I have some other things, but uh, I don't want to worry about patience, that's for sure. But I want to look over into the book of Psalms real quick, and you'll say, this don't have nothing to do with grace. And I thought, well, it may not. But if it don't, that's okay. I, I feel like using it anyway. In the 51st division of Psalms, the David opens this chapter up by... David has sinned against God. He's a saved person, but he's sinned against God. And God's going to work repentance in his heart. And he is working repentance in his heart. He's broken. Notice something. David in this whole chapter never applies himself to works. He never goes to the law. He never goes to sacrifice. He goes to God. And in the beginning of it, he says, I'm seeking your mercy, your loving kindness. It's in the seventh or eighth verse. He says, Make me to hear joy that the bones I have broken may rejoice. I thought, I like that description. It hurts. It, it, that's David's language, just my language. Hey, it hurts. It just plain hurts. When you're sitting in a church sometimes, and the power's in the church, the power's in the preacher, or whatever, and there's some spirit moving, and all of a sudden you realize you're lost, that hurts. But it's producing repentance in your heart. But anyway, David goes on down there in the 16th verse in the 51st chapter. And he says, Thou desirest not sacrifice, else I'd have gave it. You know, when you're seeking the Lord, sometimes you're certain so bad, you just get willing to do anything. I will assure you, David would have got up, went out to the stock barn, and got the finest sheep he could have found, and brought it before and fit it cost him a million dollars. If he had got peace with God, he would have done it. But he knew he didn't desire it. He said, Thou desirest, thou hast no pleasure in burnt offerings. He has no pleasure in anybody's works when it comes to salvation. He has no pleasure in the ordinance when it comes to salvation and forgiveness of sin. The sacrifices of God, not of works. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. Oh God, thou art not despised. You bring anything else, any other sacrifice before you, you bring your sacrifice of works or whatever, and we'll get you nowhere. And He creates that sacrifice in your heart. He's the one that breaks it. Surely is not here. She must be sick or something this morning. Okay, she's not here, so I got But uh, Shirley brought me to church. And uh, it's just amazing to me. I was 13 years old, 1969. Somebody guessed me, 70 year old at work the other day, and I thought, 
blind, you know. I thought maybe it's time to quit work. But anyway, she brought me to church. And you'll say, well, if it's all the grace, uh, couldn't you just got saved anywhere, just any way, anyhow? There's always man's part. All day long, I stretched out my hand to disobedient gainsaying people. All day long. Jerusalem, I'd have gathered you under my wing like a hand of a brood. I'd have gathered you in. And you would not. See, we have our part. We have our part as a sinner to come to God in brokenness, in faith, in repentance. My sister had her part. Kathy York, come back to me. And she was one of those that just had power with God. And absolutely, I was bound and determined to keep a straight face, tell everybody a good lie that I got lost. I'm six foot tall. I'm a grown man, 13 year old. You tell somebody you're not lost, like they're going to believe you. I thought, I wasn't too smart. She had her part. I had my part. But when it came down to the saving, it was God's part. I couldn't manufacture that burden. And I couldn't get rid of it. But the grace of God came in and wrote my name up high. I got up trying, I got off the altar trying to hug everybody inside. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. By whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand. I had access by faith. I stand in grace. Not of works. When I get to heaven, I may have some rewards because of my works, but I have salvation because of Jesus Christ. Trusted in Him. Nothing else. Nothing there. Nothing way. No way, shape, form, or fashion. Uh, anything Roger done, I put my trust in Him. Return from everything, turn to Him. And He done is saving. I've often thought to myself, and I believe the Bible will bear this out. If not, for the grace of God. Go ahead. If not for the grace of God, we'd all be going to get you some. So, we'd be like Sodom and Gomorrah. We'd all be lost. What's that hard with me? I don't even know where I'd be without the power of the Spirit in my life. I might be dead by now. Thank God for His grace.